This is a message to all of humanity. It's sad for all those people that aren't alive anymore. And the ones that are still walking around and stuff. That's just sadder. Zombie kill count is 655. There's so many. There's so many of them. We're safe. But I think I see them in my the other one, he knows this is an experiment. He can ruin the entire thing. bomb, but I guess no one really cares what I think, so fuck me. I'm scared, I'm angry, I'm a lot of things, but I do not feel okay. This is not okay. Everything sucks. Broadcasting to anyone who can hear me. We need you. And you. You need us. Dead Serious, Season 2, coming October 14th, Alpha 4 is watching, don't disappoint them. Hmm, wow, is this thing on? I got go! Uh, oh, let me see, uh, one, two, three. Oh, okay, it's ready for you, Arthur. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks guys for checking that mic for me. Hey, you're listening to The Basement Lounge. Right on! Great job, Art. Thanks, Mickey. Hey guys, this is Mike Shea, and I want to talk to you about Anchor. Yes, Anchor is the brand new free way for you to get your podcast career off and running without any cost to you. Simply download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast to give you everything you need in one place for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds play magnifique without having to worry about all the costly setup. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all of that. And you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. They set you up with awesome sponsors. All you got to do is record a script, kind of like what I'm doing now, throw it onto your show and start making money. Once again, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get your podcast career off and running right now just do it already. Hey guys, this is Mike, and before we get the show started, I wanted to let you know that you can now join the Basement Lounge team by supporting the show on Patreon. Right now, we have a $1 tier that is so full of cool rewards, you'd be a fool to pass it up. Just go to patreon.com slash basementloungepod to sign up right away, and now, on with the show. Grab a drink, pull up a chair, and settle in. Because you're in the Basement Lounge. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Basement Lounge. This is the cool, relaxed space where we have on people from all different circuits of the entertainment world, actors, comedians, musicians. And today we have got a legend in the local podcasting arena. He is the host. Such, his podcast is so legendary, it's named after the damn city that it's based out of. He is the host of the Gem City podcast. Terry Martin, Izzy Rock himself, is here What's up, buddy? How's thank it going, thank man? you for that. Of course. I appreciate that. I mean, you are the host of the Gem City podcast. You're like the Ohio State <laughs> University. Um, and I can't wait to get into into all that history and uh, of that show with you, but let's let's start off just talking about you. Yeah, buddy. We were talking a little bit off off the mic about, you know, working in radio and how the music industry has changed. How did you first get into into podcasting and, and broadcasting? Um, so I've always had an interest in talk radio ever since I was young. I remember setting up a boom box and recording whatever was on the radio. And then I would try to copy it myself. And then 
I uh, I was going to sign up for uh, International College of Broadcasting, mm-hmm. and uh, my my girlfriend's dad at the time discouraged me and said, "How are you going to make any money doing that?" And so I didn't do that. And then fast forward to the mid two thousands. And there's this thing called podcasting that's starting to come about. Mm-hmm. I discovered it through Libsyn. Uh, I was I was big into the Christian community at the time, and there was a Christian rapper named KJ52 who um, released a podcast through Libsyn. I don't I don't even know if Apple had their podcast at the time. I don't even know if they called it podcast. Mm-hmm. But I started listening to that, and then once I actually started really getting into podcasting and listening to it. I discovered a show called the mediocre show and a bunch of other shows at the time. There was no Joe Rogan. There was no Adam Carolla. There was no, I think Kevin Smith was the only big name that I had heard of at the time and fell in love with the medium because it is as punk rock and DIY and everything I loved about media that you could say whatever you want at the time you could play whatever songs you want. Mm-hmm. And it was really, um, an exploration of people's opinions. And if you're at work eight hours a day doing mind numbing stuff and you can put headphones on and actually be sitting in on a conversation with somebody that really stimulated my mind of what they were talking about. And, over the years, you know, I started listening to them, I think 2007, mm-hmm. and then they're still doing it today in 2019. I'm friends with them. I have the podcast logo tattooed on me, Jeez. and back in 2012, I started doing it myself. Uh, I was involved Joe Rog- in the Joe Rogan podcast community. Mm-hmm. I started listening to him in 2010, and I was on Twitter, and at that time, I could tweet all the people that I knew that listened to the pod, Joe Rogan's podcast in one one tweet, <laughs> I could tag everybody in, and we built this community um, where we would start going to shows and organizing uh, meetups before these comedy shows. Because I'm a huge, huge fan of stand up comedy, have been since I was young, and in fact, when I was searching for podcasts to listen to, a lot of it had to do like I would search. comedians because Mm -hmm. I knew they're perfect for podcasts and uh Adam Carolla started listening to him and then when Rogan came out I was just so invested and then he had various comedians come on and then all of a sudden they're playing local and I'm traveling like to Indianapolis and to Columbus and I started my own podcast called Tales from the Hard Side Okay. Based on growing up in East Dayton. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh I took the title from a biohazard song. Um, nice. <laughs> yep. And uh then because I started doing that podcast and I was already had a community I was involved with online, um, it was pretty easy for me to gain an audience right away. And there wasn't a whole lot of podcasts out as it was. Mm-hmm. And I just had a Zoom H four N and some some Love mics it. and so I started doing my own podcast, and at that time, I got uh, I would message comedians on Twitter like Ari Shafir, who is mm-hmm. a, his big problems these days, and yeah. <laughs> uh, dosing people <laughs> like Burt Kreischer, and I had Burt Kreischer, and I had a few other people on early on, like within episode twenty, I had I had 
famous comedians on within our community mm-hmm. and it was just because I reached out to him no way do I think that I could do that nowadays right Th- those guys are way too big and so um a guy who started Gem City podcast named Eric saw that I had some content online and he reached out to me and said hey I see you rep Dayton and podcasting I don't want to step on your toes um but I want to start this and so I was with him from the very beginning and he was a tumultuous guy he had he had chaos in his life mm-hmm. relationships and in 2015 he went on a walkabout and I haven't talked to him forever and I, I just took the podcast over and kind of built it to where it is now and uh now i own the llc and Jeez. Um, i don't really do anything with it because <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of lazy to seek out sponsors i work <laughs> i work a lot of hours during the week and i like part of me wishes sponsors would come to me mm-hmm. but that's just not how it works and no it is not <laughs> you think i i've never heard of any business owner being kind of like you need to step up our marketing game Somebody hand me my phone. I'm going to scroll through my podcast app and right. see, see who's, who's booming right now. I, I wish that was the case. Yeah. So part part yeah. of me wants to reach out to local businesses to get get them on the podcast, mm-hmm. but I really don't want to do that. Like I, I hate asking for that. It's you know, same here. It's like you're asking for a handout or yes. something. Yes. And, and I don't I I don't want them to have control over what we say or right. I that fear of. Oh hey, can you not say this on the? I don't want that at all. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to say whatever the fuck I want on the podcast. Right. Talk about whatever I want, and you and I share a lot of similarities with our view of comedy and art. Mm-hmm. That, especially stand-up comedy, yeah, should be untouchable. It shouldn't be the same PC culture that we have, where everybody wants to censor everything. Yeah, just like they did back in the '80s and '90s with a lot of the comedy that was going on then. I. I get where the heart where a lot of people are, but it bothers me that a lot of people just so yeah. want to shut people down. I, I've always, uh, you know, uh, Christian Harloff is a guy I'm a big fan of. He's out, out out in L.A. He's a radio and comedy guy. And one something he's been saying a lot lately because it's been coming up so much has been, you know, when a comedian is at a, is at a comedy club or a comedy show, you know, they have their right to say or try to make a joke about whatever they want now at the same time it's their job to make sure it's funny yeah um i've i've been to many a show where a guy goes up on stage and tells back-to-back abortion jokes and they don't work but he doesn't move on and it's like sooner or later you have to accept the fact it's just not working buddy um but i do i I, but yeah i i think that i think the idea and we've seen it we've seen it lately with the release of joker where the conversation has been had of is it okay for this movie to be made or released? And that is a that is a dangerous conversation to have. The minute you start talking about controlling cr- creativity, is is the death of freedom in my eyes. Yeah, and I get the fear that a lot of people have with a movie like Joker. And you know, twenty thirty years ago, we didn't hear everybody's voice and opinion. And I'm sure people had the same opinions when it came to movies like Natural Born Killers, which, sure. which I watched. Over and over. <laughs> right. Um, I've always been, uh, gr- I don't know, growing up in the time that I did and seeing, I, I grew up as a kid on welfare in East Dayton and was very aware of violence and and death from an early age because it was, it was my life was kind of chaotic. And my older brother, he was 16 at the time. I was five. 
he was murdered by his uncle. Mm-hmm. And I saw his body being pulled out on uh, on the news. And so I've always had a curiosity of death and violence um, early on in the internet. I forget what the website was, but you could go and see like live deaths and pictures. Jeez. Do you remember what the website was? I it don't, was like but I know what you're talking about. Or some, something like that. Uh, um, creepy was that? That wasn't creepy pasta, was it? No, it wasn't creepy pasta. I fr- but I, I know what you're talking. About. Yeah, I remember when that. So yeah, the morbid curiosity I had for that kind of stuff. Like I remember going to the video store and renting like Faces of Death and mm-hmm. movies like that. That now is just so accessible online, mm-hmm. and uh, I got all that out of my system um, because I realize I, I just don't want to see it anymore, mm-hmm. and so. For me, I appreciate movies like Joker because it allows us to question ourselves and our society. And that's why I love movies as it is. Art, movies, music, everything. I love to be able to question why we believe what we believe. The art kind of showcases our society as it is. There's a lot of problems in our society. Um, And just shutting things down doesn't, doesn't... add to the conversation mm-hmm. you're pretty much just stopping people from continuing a conversation i get people are going to be influenced by certain things and do crazy things every time i go to a movie theater or someplace where there's a lot of people i always have a fear that something might go down here but i yeah. don't live in fear i don't allow it to stop me from going to see movies right. I, you know if something happens it happens that's that's life yeah and cause I remember that happened when um, uh, bat- a couple years ago when Eagles of Death Metal were playing over in Paris yeah. and there was a shooting at that concert. I had tickets to a concert in, in Cleveland like a couple weeks later and my mom kind of tried to not direct indirectly uh, 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 persuade me not to go. And I was like, I can't just stop living my life because because of one thing. Case in point, you know, we had we had the shooting in El Paso and then not even 24 hours later, we had the shooting here in Dayton. Does that mean I, I stop going out to bars? Does that mean I stop trying to enjoy myself? No, because then the people who, who I mean, we hear people say this all the time, because then the terrorists win, you know, then the evil people win because they succeeded in, in controlling our lives. And that's not that's not a way to live. No, and I think anybody who lives in fear is doing themselves a disservice and sometimes you can't escape it. Sometimes you don't have the people around you to kind of talk you through it and help you understand that, you know, if something's going to go down, it, it, I mean, it seems like a a lot because it happens a lot. But if you think of all the people you come across every day, it doesn't happen all that often. There is tons of crazy stuff that happens depending on the type of people you associate yourself with or uh, who you're around. Crazy shit happens. Um, I've seen it a, a ton in my life, but I, I just refuse to live in fear of going places I want to go, being around people I want to be around. If something happens, that's just, that's life, mm-hmm. you know, a uh, meteor could strike as um, car crash could happen. Mm-hmm. Anything is possible. But if you live each day as if like, man, this is like, I'm enjoying this moment and it's not, it's not easy. But that's really what I try to accomplish. And so when I go see movies like that or I have um, listened to music back in the day that people deemed evil or mm-hmm. whatever, 
I just I, re, I refuse to live in their reality of what the world is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the world is a fucked up place, but it's not fucked up everywhere. Yeah, you know, it's just now we notice it a lot more. Yeah, and I, I work I work in news I work in a news station now. Tr- trust me, I see it a lot more. <laughs> You know, I'm I've turned into that guy who I hear about a shooting happening, and my first reaction is now, okay, well now I'm in work mode. Like it's to me, it's it's become no longer a oh this is horrible, how could this happen? It's now turned into a I'm gonna have to do this paperwork and do this kind of thing with programming and this kind of thing with a news sticker and 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 there's so many different sides to any any incident that happens nowadays. It's not just. I mean, obviously, the thing that we remember the most is per- people were hurt, people died, but the moving parts that surround the world, if we st- if we just stopped living our lives when something bad happened, we'd never know about the bad things happening anymore. That's true. People still have to get up, go to work, cover it. Um, we have to continue living our lives, otherwise the world just stops. Yeah, and, and so for me, I really try to push a positive attitude positive mentality Mm -hmm. and it's it's not easy especially if you if you work around people who are negative or if you have uh if if your mind takes you to negative places man it's so hard to train yourself to get out of that because we get lost in our thoughts we get down on ourselves um but if i've really tried you know my whole life to try and look on the bright side of every situation and um it's it's a lifelong goal and struggle, um, and I, I I think I've done a good job at that. But sometimes I do question myself and question, you know, I have to check myself sometimes. Oh be- yeah, because I do get in those spaces. And um, being being a comedian yourself, like part of me gets envious that because I, I, I would love to go on stage and tell jokes, mm-hmm. but I just for one. I feel like I'm too old, and for two, I just don't feel like like I feel like that time's probably passed, and I have too much going on as it is. Mm-hmm. So when I see when I go to a comedy club and I hear somebody say a joke that really that goes to super dark places, mm-hmm. and that if we were just having a casual conversation at a restaurant, might be like a little off color, but like man, why do you why do you say that? But in a comedy club setting, dude, I've I've laughed at the darkest mm. humor. Oh yeah, the darkest <laughs> humor. Like I heard you and Don talk a, a, about on a podcast that you know if somebody walked in after the Dayton shootings to Wiley's and they heard certain things comedians said, mm-hmm. they'd be like, "I can't believe you guys are even talking about this." But yeah. that's that's how people like us deal with the darkness. That's in how life. we cope. That's how comedians cope with anything in life. That's how we deal with, you know. Can I go up on stage right now and t- tell seven minutes worth of jokes about my shitty love life and and things? Absolutely. Is that because I think it's particularly funny? No, it actually kind of cuts me to the bone. But that's how I deal. Yeah. And that's how that's when when I was I was out of town camping when when the Dayton shooting happened and within twenty within not even not even twelve hours of the shooting happening. If you had been in the in the the comedians group chats or the Facebook page, you would have seen immediately everybody's first reaction was, "Okay, let's start putting together, you know, relief effort shows and stuff like that." And it also turned it also in a lot of the writing groups. It was a lot of like, "Hey guys, tell me if this thing is is worth taking a, to trying out." And it would be stuff about how they were feeling about the shooting because mm-hmm. that's people people cope in different ways. 
you know some people cope by painting uh you know smoking drinking you know whatever comedians we we cope by telling fucked up jokes about fucked up stuff and podcasters you know we we cope by sitting down in front of a microphone and talking about it yeah that's how we deal man yes and sometimes i wish i had like i think with gym city podcast i've set up where i talk to certain people but sometimes man it's just nice to get on a podcast and just have a conversation and no agenda just let's talk it out let's let's flesh it out and um those have been really valuable at times but i don't think i do it enough anymore i think we're constantly on a schedule and constantly on an agenda to put certain things out that sometimes i don't get to get in there and just have fun let's talk about the gem city podcast now that we're now that we're there and then you know that's what we we led with at the top um you know you've You've been on the show since 2012, you said? 2013. 2013. I, I posted my first episode. It was December 2013. And then the idea for me was to cover the music scene. Mm-hmm. And so I started getting to know the music scene and really doing a lot of research. And um, I really had the freedom to do whatever I wanted. And I had an idea for a storyteller show to interview bands or rappers or anybody making music and then add four of their songs Mm -hmm. and it's changed throughout the years where i also do podcasters um in fact if you don't mind Mm -hmm. i'll put this on gym city podcast (gasps) i would love that yeah that'd be awesome (laughs) so this will this will be on next week sweet um and because i do have a love for creativity Mm -hmm. and for art and constantly seeking out new things there's never there's never an end to who I want to talk to or who I talk to. So now it's reached to the point where like we've been doing it for a long time. We, we have a certain reputation in the area. People know, like it's kind of become an institution Mm -hmm. in in a certain way. Um, But I'm just a regular dude going to work five days a week (laughs) and in my spare time scheduling podcasts to go and, have interviews with people and i i still love it dude i don't make any money but it still gets me excited like all day today i was at work all day today thinking about this conversation yeah because i was excited to come and talk to you excited to be on a podcast and it's like it's like oh that's that spark like um i talked to the i talked about this before pod fade Mm -hmm. any podcaster who has done podcasts at some point you do it long enough you get pod fade where you're like, why the fuck am I still doing this? Oh yeah. Like, like what's the purpose of me even do it? Like I, I don't really have a goal to make money. It'd be nice, but yeah, sure. I just don't have that mentality. I like, am I just going to continue to do this just to do it? And then, then it'll hit me where I'll have a conversation and it just refuels me mm-hmm. to go on for, for a while. And yeah. cause I'm at the point where I don't, like, how much longer do I keep doing this? Um, how much time do I keep investing in it? Yeah. Like, do I want to do something else? Um, I flirted with the idea of ending Gym City Podcast at episode 937 because <laughs> it's the... That's the, it's the area, area code. code. Yeah. Um, and that still might happen. Mm-hmm. But like, we're at 780 or 700, somewhere around there. Something like that, yeah. And we release three episodes a week, so... It's getting to the point where 
maybe that might happen, but who knows? I uh, I know what you're talking about with the with the pod fade thing. You know, I'll, it's it's no secret. You know, I was running a whole network up until earlier this year, and I chose to end it and switch over to doing this show for that exact reason. I'd been doing the network for seven years, and it just it was doing the same thing year after year, and nothing was changing, and I felt backed into a corner, and it just stopped being fun. Yeah, that's when yeah. when it stops being fun. That's yeah. when you really should take a look at. And go, what, why are you doing it? Like, I was, I would be at work dreading going home because I knew I had to sit down and, like, prep the next day's shows. Yes. And it's like, when I'm at, when I'm more, when I would prefer to be at my 9 to 5 than at home uploading an MP3 onto a website, there's there's a problem. Yeah. And so th- that's when I was like, it's time for me to, sometimes you just got to change even if it's a little bit. Yeah, and and yeah. it's okay. Like it, it's totally okay to stop doing things that you don't want to do anymore and find yeah. something new to do. Like if if you feel stuck in whether it's a band or whether I mean, I, I work with people who are in relationships and I, I personally love the relationship I am I'm in, but hearing some of my coworkers in their relationship it's like why are you still in that relationship and it's oh, that yeah. need to Kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They stay. I think. I think they stay because one. I think we all know dating sucks. Oh, um, yeah. The dating process is awful. <laughs> but it's it's that. I think. I think no matter how much somebody says it's not true, we all deep down have a fear of change. It's true. We all we all hate change. We get comfortable in a routine. Ending a relationship, no matter how frustrating it is, that's a change. That's a that's a break in the routine, and that that's scary. Yeah. We like knowing we like knowing what's going to happen the next day. Yeah, and and also again, dating sucks. Um, <laughs> the dating being in a relationship is fine. It's the it's the dating process that's that's the worst. Yeah, that's <laughs> especially nowadays. I met my wife uh, when she was seventeen and I was eighteen, mm-hmm. and we started dating in nineteen ninety two. Got married in nineteen ninety six. Jeez, and so. I have no idea what <laughs> what this life would be like in in the modern world. Like I'm I'm curious about it just because I see my friends and the there wasn't Tinder when I was right. when I was dating, um, and at this point in my life, I don't ever see myself dating. But part you know you're always curious about what it would be like and. It's scary, dude. Scary. I hate it. I hate it. Being single in 2019 is not fun at all. Um, so big music. You're a big music guy. Huge. I'm a big music guy. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about seeing the Black Keys the other day. Yeah. This has been my year off from going. I'm usually a concert junkie. If there's see, if there's one within five hours, I'm there. See, and I haven't been. Uh, oh, okay. For, for like a decade, I raised kids. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And didn't. Yeah, I have a 20-year-old and um, a 16-year-old, and so I didn't spend a whole lot going to shows. Uh, I really stayed home, and my schedule was so wacky mm-hmm. at my other job. And I started a new job back in May, and going to a lot of local shows and seeing a lot of local shows uh, is great. I love supporting the local music scene, mm-hmm. but there was certain bands or certain artists that are on my bucket list that when you go see them, it reinvigorates me oh, yeah. and the whole process. Although now 
I do find myself thinking like, man, should I beat the rush? Like, right. should, should I hurry up? So part of me doesn't enjoy like the how expensive the concert tickets are. Yeah. Um, when I see empty seats in the place, Ugh. the logistics part of it makes me worry like, well, how come they didn't sell as many? Yeah. I, I don't want to give a fuck about that shit. <laughs> I would just want to go in and I know. enjoy the show. I always, I, I hate when... When you when you've done the business side of it, and then you go to the show and you start seeing it through the business eyes, and it's like, I wonder how many more people they could. No, 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 no. Focus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's with like comedy shows. That's with you know music. I love to go for an event, and uh, I've really been opening myself up to going going to see shows that normally I wouldn't go to. Like um, during the week, I would never have went mm-hmm. to see a show and then went to work the next day it just it drains <laughs> me and a friend of mine had tickets in columbus to go see a group called the devil makes three which mm-hmm. is like i don't know they're like an americana rockabilly okay um kind of thing really great band that i had never heard of went and seen them live loved them mm-hmm. and um and then i became a huge fan but i, I love live music have since i was a kid uh i've slept outside for concert tickets back when that was a thing jeez um i have tickets for tool next month do you really yeah dude i was at work i was i had the app all set and i was ready to pay whatever because tool is one of those bands that people either love or they hate uh there's not a whole lot of in between where people are like ah, i kind of like them um, I'm in the, I'm in the hate category. Are you I'm not a fan? So it, and, I, and it's one of those I've listened I've listened and I think mostly it's Maynard James Keenan I have a problem. Sure, with. I not, get that. Like as I've I used to work in rock radio. I've heard Tool. I've heard Perfect Circle. I've heard Pussifer. Um, don't like Maynard James Keenan. I met him once. Keep my opinions to myself. Um, but I get the love for Tool. I, yeah, I do get. It's not like there's some music I listen to that's really popular and I'm like I don't get it. I don't get why people like it. Tool. I get it. Yeah. It's, doesn't doesn't sit with me yeah uh-huh. dude i so i saw them at Lollapalooza. i think it was 93 they were on the second stage oh wow um out in the daylight on the opiate tour he still had the, the long mohawk um i saw them again at uh i didn't go to the hair arena show mm-hmm. it's one of my biggest regrets uh i i waited outside for concert tickets for their september 12th show at nutter center mm-hmm. slept outside that got canceled because of the terrorist attacks for 9-11. Oh, man. Um, I saw him in Cincinnati. I saw him in Knoxville, Tennessee. Drove f- five hours. Saw him at OzFest night. Like, I've put a lot of time, but I haven't seen him in years. Um, and so I want to be able to see them one more time because I don't know. It's one of those bands where at any point they could go, well, we're done touring. Yeah, because you know? they because they this is their, this is the first time they've put music out in what thirteen years. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it's a different climate than when they started for sure. Mm. And it's nice to see a lot of new people getting into them. But Maynard is one of those people that he's kind of an enigma, mm. and I've always appreciated his his genius, mm. but also understand that if you casually knew him. He could probably rub you the wrong way and really turn yeah. come come across as an asshole, um, yeah. but I also don't have a bunch of Tool fans who, as a Tool fan, yeah. I know some other Tool fans are unbearable to be around. Uh, 
I'm I'm an Avenged Sevenfold fan. <laughs> Trust me. You know. I am I am all too aware of how unbearable fan bases can be. Because yes. I find myself more often than not saying, sorry for being a fan of these guys, everybody. <laughs> I saw them headline a show one time and the fans were being douchebags that I was just kind of like this is why. <laughs> this is why people don't like us. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's it it's I, so, w- like with music, man, I still love to hear new music. Mm-hmm. I work with a kid now, a kid, I, he's not a kid. I work with a guy now um, who is a musician and he's into like his spectrum of music is literally everything. Mm-hmm. He'll put on uh, J pop, which I didn't really know what that was until just recently. And it sounds, it's, it sounds like video game music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's Japanese pretty, video yeah. game music, which yeah, I enjoy I video get, games. I can't get into it. But <laughs> it's, I'm like, man. So there's sometimes where he'll listen to something, and I'm like, how how does somebody, like, actually enjoy this? Mm-hmm. It, he listened to some EDM music that has computer, like, the computer sounds that I don't want to hear mm-hmm. as enjoyment. Like, it's it's torture to kind of listen to. Mm -hmm. It's one of those triggers that you hear and you're like, man, that texture just does not appeal to me. And he, he loves it. And I just don't get it. I'm, I'm pretty open-minded with music. I mean, like I love everything from, from, you know, cannibal corpse to Elton John. You know, I just saw an ad where, uh, where it's going to be Chris Stapleton, Cheryl Crow and Willie Nelson coming to to the Rose music center. And I'm like, Yes, I want to go to that. Yeah. Um. But there's there's some stuff that I just like a lot of the EDM and trance and all that. I just I just can't. I've tried. <laughs> it's like, and I I I will give anything a try. I will never say I don't like something I've never experienced. But my friends have been trying to get me into. There's this band called Baby Metal. Yeah. My friends have been trying for years to get me into this, and I'm just it doesn't do anything for me because <laughs> it's that weird blend of J-pop and I I guess metal. Um, I'm a pretty diehard metal fan, but I, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. But you know, I still consider Judas Priest the greatest heavy metal band of all time. So. Yeah, man. Well, uh, and and even even metal, like I was the biggest metal head back in the day. Mm-hmm. Growing up, saw Pantera thirty times. Oh. I've seen Slayers. Saw all all the greats mm-hmm. at, at the time: Judas Priest, Black Sabbath. And then at some point, and I think it, I think it was. In the early 2000s, I just stopped really following anything new that came out. And now I'm to the point where I really have to be in a mood to listen mm-hmm. to something. And if I hear somebody like screaming at me, mm-hmm. it, it like oftentimes I realize like, man, I'm, I'm getting older. You're right. That angst is not in me anymore. And I, I need to, if something's like too doomy, mm-hmm. it makes me feel kind of depressed sometimes i think and i think the early 2000s were kind of one of the worst one of the best and worst eras for heavy metal in general because for about five or seven years in the 2000s that's all that was coming out in Mm. metal was stuff like that now i like a lot of stuff like that yeah but that was all that was coming out you know you know even you know because that was also around the time that you know even the older classic bands weren't weren't we're trying to change and evolve and as a result we got sane anger um <laughs> that happened and we let that happen um yeah metal in the early 2000s I, th- I think now it's kind of circling back i think i think 
the band, I think songwriting for metal especially has come a long way. They've realized they can do a lot more with it rather than just really loud angst, which is what it was for the longest time. Yeah. Um, but we're also seeing the resurgence of a lot of older bands like J- Judas Priest put out their new album last year and, and damn if it didn't take over the world when it came out and Metallica, same thing. They're putting new stuff out. Megadeth's putting new, like all these older bands are coming back and even the newer bands are kind of going back, are kind of re-approaching the music they've been putting out and taking a bigger influence from some of those earlier acts. Yeah. As as I've gotten older, I, I hated country growing up. Yeah. But I I start, uh, like, Outlaw Country was something that I, I kind of always enjoyed. Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. things like that. And just as I get older, man, certain artists, I don't know if it's because my family is from Appalachia, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, you know, it's kind of in me, is to hear bluegrass. And mm-hmm. when I was younger, did not like it at all. And now... I, it's a vibe I hear, and I'm like, ooh, I, I kind of dig that. So I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm, I'm still not a huge country fan, but I love Chris Stapleton. Yeah, because he's got that blue. Because I'm a big blues fan. Yes, like, I love the blues. Yeah. I love BB King is my man, but uh, he's got that nice blend of blues and country going on. And I remember when he when he first came out, I had just started working at the TV station, and we aired the the Country Music Awards, and his first album had just come out. And he, like, cleaned house at the awards. He won, like, everything. And everybody thought it was a fluke. Oh, he'll never do this again. Because all the country stars nowadays are these, you know, these jabroni-looking dudes. <laughs> and it's all, a lot of it sounds the same. I'm sorry, but a lot of it sounds the same. Uh, and so he put out another album. They were like, oh, he can't do it again. It was a fluke. And he did it again. And, cause, and he's just this big country redneck-looking motherfucker in... The hat and the long coat and the dirty hair and, but I think people are. But there's an honesty to the music that he's writing. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a, a it feels genuine. It doesn't feel manufactured like yeah. a lot of music does nowadays. Well, and I I do not like pop country. Like like let, no. let me state that no, uh, it's it's one of my least favorite sounds. Whenever I heard hear put it on mm-hmm. and it's that particular sound instantly turns mm-hmm. me off. But there's artists who are in the same vein as Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. like Sturgill Simpson, like Chris Stapleton. Yeah. Um, where Sturgill, like I saw him uh, on Joe Rogan's podcast, went and checked out his music, and I, I've seen him live a couple times. Dude, I get chills when I hear him play or when I hear new music. And then he released a new album recently called Sound and Fury that also has an anime on Netflix where it's the soundtrack to the album and then all these great anime artists from Japan created this movie. Get the fuck out of no, here. No, dude, it's it's on Netflix and he compared it to uh it's this generations like The Wall or Heavy Metal or something like that where it's animation and and music and um I'm not a huge anime fan. No. Um but my wife and I watched this whole thing because we love his music mm-hmm. and his music is like their synthesizers now it's it's gone into realms that other country music never went into and he's still got the twangy voice mm-hmm. but holy shit dude that's the kind of music that nowadays that really gets to my heart mm-hmm. and i listen to it a lot that and in uh, certain hip-hop mm-hmm. um a lot of popular hip-hop i don't enjoy but some like Kendrick Lamar, when he came out, the album Damn, I listened to that over and over. And uh, 
that's what I need to get back into is I haven't really taken an honest because I was like I'm a big old school hip hop fan. Yep. Um, but a lot of the stuff like from when I was going up in middle and high school, you know, in the early to early to mid two thousands, I just did not care for. Yeah, me neither. And I haven't really taken an honest look back at where it's at nowadays, but. Then, then again, I see some of the stuff that gets, you know, shows up in the news or on the radio once a while. I'm just kind of like, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. A, a lot. Of, and, and I realize a lot of that music is not for me. Yeah. It's it's just not for me. And, um, but I can appreciate it if somebody come like run the jewels is a, is a group I would recommend that you check out. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to get into old school, yeah. run the jewels, uh, is a, is a group based out of Atlanta and Killer Mike, you might have heard of him. Mm-hmm. He's one of the the guys in in the group, and they're they're great. Um, I kind of I kind of just wish DJ Khaled would go away. <laughs> he he's ruined a lot of music. He like the, the me. DJ tags, uh, which I get. I've had people explain to me that they put those on there because DJs weren't getting the credit that the MCs were getting. But when I hear it, and it's the same fucking thing over and over in each song I, makes I, me hate it i don't need this obnoxious dude standing on stage with Nicki minaj shouting random wikipedia facts about the album into a microphone no i don't need that i i can google it myself i i just picture him standing there on stage with his phone just reading off the wikipedia page it's a number five album in guadalajara Produced by I don't care, dude. Nope. I don't and also DJ Cal is just kind of a shitty human being, but <laughs> I'm sorry, let me get a little dirty here. What kind of guy openly says on the radio, like, no, I don't go down on women, but I expect him to go down on me? Yeah. I first that uh You lost all respect for me there. Yeah. I was like, dude, come on. Yeah, and I I think people who were fans of his and heard that, it's like, come on, dude. This is 2019. Share the love, man. Come on. I don't know. It's like Prince used to say, pleasure begets pleasure. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, man. I, I, you know, even, even being as old as I am now and realizing that music is still as important to me as, as when I was younger, except I don't have to go buy a whole album and it has one good song and I spent, Ten, fifteen dollars on it. Yeah, I, I, I know that streaming and pirating kind of ruined the music industry. A but bit, holy yeah. shit, dude! There's when, like, if you told me, hey, you need to check this out, and I'm able to pull up on my phone and listen to it whenever. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of artists that are out there now making great music, yeah. you just got to find them. You got to dig. There's, there's two things I've really become a recent big fan of uh well not one is Bandcamp. yeah um, Bandcamp. i used to i used to do a, a music show with my buddy robert where we would just go find stuff on Bandcamp and just gush about it these low level independently produced albums all different genres that you could just get online and stream it and check it out and stuff that you know was really good wasn't getting the attention it maybe deserved and then I got to be honest, I, I I started subscribing to the to the Apple Music thing. Yeah, ten bucks a month, but I can go check out anything I want that's on on iTunes and just listen to it. And honestly, I've been a lot of artists and bands that I had kind of stopped buying because I got tired. Of, like you said, paying fifteen bucks for an entire album and listening to two songs on it. 
I can go find stuff now that maybe I didn't give the time of day before or that I wouldn't have given the time of day to now and 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 just yeah it's it's so easy to find new music nowadays yeah and that's the that's just it's just the best I love it I love that stuff yeah it's you know every every Wednesday so I try to keep up on who's releasing albums or who's releasing music in the Dayton area and then we showcase that every Wednesday if we're not talking to a podcaster and uh the quality of music that Dayton is producing right now is on par with some of the greatest music I've ever heard in my life and music that when you hear it you wonder why it's not being pushed out there more oh yeah and that, that really that's the secret as to why I do what I do is in hopes that somebody hears it and goes man I should use that for my movie man I should put that in my TV show man let me play this for my friends when we're sitting around a fire and just having fun and just chatting. And this is our background music and it turns into something that people really enjoy. That's for me. That's the love of music that I'm giving back to Dayton is like, people need to hear this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes back to just wanting to showcase, wanting to share music when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And now I get the chance to do it except through podcasts. Hey everybody, I just wanted to take a moment to interrupt the show and give a very special shout out to the people who support this show every month on Patreon. I want to shout out Whitney Latin, Jody McDermott, and my mother Melissa Shea, who every single month help support this show. And if you want to be one of those awesome people, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash basement lounge pod and join the $1 tier. You'll get shouted out on the air, get your name listed in the description. You get early access to all these shows commercial free through our Patreon RSS feed and so many other cool rewards. Once again, go to patreon.com slash basement lounge pod, join the $1 tier and help support the show. Speaking of the show, let's get back to it. I was I was managing because I I've only lived here for five years and I uh, I was managing a band around town for a little while um, and that was probably the best way I had to really get into the local music scene was because I would just go with them to all their shows and all these bands they were getting booked with and uh, there's people you know we told, everyone talks about New York and L A but man the music scene in Ohio in general is just something special this is such a music state. You go to Columbus, you go to you go to Cincinnati, but here in Dayton especially, there's just such an old classic love for music in this town. Yeah, people love music. And I've talked to enough people to realize it's not like this everywhere. Um, because we can go out on any weekend night to one of the various clubs in the area. You're going to hear original music by somebody who also works a nine-to-five job. Mm-hmm. And like, this is their passion. But if you hear their album and it's easier to make music now um, and it's more accessible, this, the quality is so good, dude. Mm -hmm. Like when I, when I tell you that we're going to look back on this 20, 30 years from now and realize like the music being made is astounding and, and, and great. And it's not hyperbole when I, when I say it, it's not because I I like these bands and I know them personally. Mm-hmm. When I hear certain music, man, I'm like, dude, 
if I didn't know this band, I would be listening to this all the time. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. That's yeah, I love, you know, we've had uh we've had Brandon Barry on here. Love that dude. Love Brandon Paint Barry. Splats. Paint splats so good. He he's coming back in a few weeks. Spoiler alert. Uh, we've had Mariah Haven on here. If you haven't checked out Mariah Haven, oh my she's goodness. a hoot. Have you you know Mariah Haven? Dude, her voice oh. is unlike any voice. Oh. Like when you hear her, not only on an album, but when you hear her live, it you realize that some people just have a skill and a talent and have their own unique voice mm-hmm. that I wish everybody could hear. She is she is something else. I br- I brought her in. This is back on the old show. Just I was trying to I was trying to experiment with different kinds of guests and not having just comedians on every time. And I knew that she wrote funny songs. So I was like, okay, kind of an easy transition. And she brought her guitar in here, and she we wound I wound up just setting up all the mics and just had her do like a little private concert for me here in the studio. And it I was floored. Yeah, dude. I was it was so good. Um, yeah, but, she, she's oh. she's easily one of the best vocalists in the area like a unique sound um and she she gets deep she's she has a comedian sensibility mm-hmm. um she she she's done some like she she gets bored and creates yeah. these characters and makes I love it yeah uh, it's it's part of me that's like you know it's like the female version of Willer Walker Jr. yeah and i i like she's the person that i wish more people could hear. I wish you played in big in front of big crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like if I if I had more time in my life, I would love to manage and push some of these artists. Yeah. But I just don't. I don't have it. I, I and that and that, like the the podcast network. That's how it originally started out was as a as an independent record label doing mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I love doing that stuff, but it is a full. It's a full time commitment. Yeah, I don't have. I don't have that kind of time. No. <laughs> Yeah, like just being, but yeah, like there, there are days I do miss, like like managing talent and promoting events, and you know, because that's kind of how I got my start in all this. But uh, at the same time, now nowadays, you know, not just recording music has gotten easier. I mean, you can record music on your on your iPad nowadays, um, but just there are so many tools out there for musicians to manage their own stuff that it's. It, the industry itself is just in, in, is, in, is in this weird state of flux right now, especially considering the music and radio industries for years kind of fought against a lot of that. Yeah. You know, when I was working in radio was when stuff like Hulu was first coming about and Netflix was first coming about and TV and movies and even news was kind of leaning into it and kind of rolling with it and, and adapting with the times. But the music industry and, and the radio industry, which are both kind of two sides of the same coin, they, they resisted. And now they're trying to get caught up, and you know you can only fight change for so long. And now they're they're a little behind. There oh, there, yeah. there there are some there's been some leaps and bounds, but you know it's it's just it's an ever it's ever changing nowadays, man. Yeah, it's 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 a weird time period, but man, I'm I'm so glad. Like a lot of people have, like they complain about the time that they live in, mm-hmm. but there's so much that I love about the time that we live in. Oh yeah. The fact that I can, you know, on my phone, I can pull up a conversation between Elon Musk and Joe, Joe Rogan and hear these two people who I wouldn't have heard of no. back in the day. You wouldn't, it would have been totally overproduced. It wouldn't have been as, as raw as it is. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been, it would have been the scene in Wayne's world where they, 
build the build the big white set and yeah. he's sitting down reading off cue cards. Yeah, horrible. It, it just it, yeah. It, there's there's a rawness and a realness to like what like what we do. Yeah, that it whenever you like like the part of the reason that Mark Maron's WTF podcast is so popular is because he's getting. Oscar-winning actors and the president of the United States and big personalities, and he's making them just seem like regular people. Yeah, when he when he has you know Jennifer Lawrence come on or uh, uh, Will Arnett, you know, just come on and just just talk like you know talk about why he smokes the kind of cigarettes that he does. Yeah, it, it it makes it makes people relatable, and it may it just it makes. It reminds you that these people are people. Yeah, and that's true. That's the beauty of what we do is we we bring some some re- realism into the world. I think. Yeah, and you know, I think I think being able to have people sit in on conversations and become aware of certain things that they wouldn't have been aware of. Uh, the world is kind of chaotic right now with information and mm-hmm. not knowing what to believe or. Who, who to believe our president tweets out the weirdest stuff. Um, and But he has such a vast knowledge and his, his infinite wisdom. Oh, my goodness, dude. He's, <laughs> that was the weird. I don't get political on this show. That tweet made me laugh my ass off so hard. I, I was like, this has got to be one of those fake Twitter handles. Uh, yeah. This is, the, this is the fake Trump Twitter, right? No, he actually said that about himself. It's weird, dude. Like, wh- where are we in life? Where, like, because I, I try to put myself back, like, could you imagine Clinton doing that? Or could you imagine Reagan doing it? Or even Obama? Yeah. Like, I could never imagine anybody tweeting that and then somebody going, yeah, this is, yeah, that's okay. Like, I, 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 I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that we live in a world where Twitter, Twitter is a seriously discussed topic on national news like at no at no point anymore do we hear such and such politician said in an interview or spoke at this address they say well today senator lindsey graham tweeted and that is a sentence i don't like hearing on national that i'll never get used to hearing because the word tweet in and of itself is so dumb yeah because i because I, I hear tweet i think little yellow bird getting chased <laughs> by a cartoon cat um and just for 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 something as stupidly named as Twitter to be taken so seriously nowadays. It's weird. Is just it's my it's bizarre. Yeah, but but I love it. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> I Dude, wouldn't have it any I other love way. It. <laughs> like, uh, and I I've kind of moved away from politics as well mm-hmm. because it's for one it's too divisive, and for yeah. two, I don't really know. Like I, I'm a dude who grew up in East Dayton. Um, I don't have a whole lot of education. I have a lot of knowledge that I've gained over the years. But sometimes I just feel like I don't. I don't know. Like I. Do, I don't really understand policy, and I don't understand philosophy. There's a lot of people smart, way smarter than I am at certain things. But I just know, just as an observer and as somebody who's kind of watching things go on, yeah. that. Like we're we're kind of all being taken on a ride of this red team and blue team, and we're pitting against one another. But it's way it's gray. It's a lot of gray area. And if you get one on one with somebody, and 
They don't have all the talking points that they've heard on all the news sites or all the places where they go and uh, get their information bubble, uh, you know, going, yeah, that's what I believe. Uh, You find a lot more gray area. And if you actually talk to people without name calling, you find that we're all kind of just figuring this thing out and we're hoping this thing doesn't fall apart and that, you know, things are going to be better for our, for our future generations than they were for us. And at this point, I don't know if that's the case. I, I have long, I have long said that like the, the simple, the mere existence of political parties to me is, is ridiculous. The fact that we feel the need to limit because, because you find me one person who word for word, excuse me, if you could print out the list, of everything that a political party stands for. Bring me someone from that party and say, so you're telling me that you believe every single one of these things. There's not a single thing on this list you disagree with. I like find me one of those, find me one person yeah. who legitimately believes it's, you know, there's always going to be at least one of those things where somebody goes, well, that one, it's like, see, that's, that's the problem with trying to, shoehorn everything into either you're either this or this we always say there's nothing in in the world's black and white well not everything is red or blue yeah um sometimes shit's purple y'all okay (laughs) um i like i there i have beliefs that are probably fairly conservative i have a lot that are pretty fairly liberal yep i am just i i i'm just me i believe what i believe that's it man I I got to a point a few months ago. I had to I had to ditch social media for a while, um, which is probably a healthy thing. And, and you know what? It, it was because I mean I'm known as kind of social media king around all my mostly because like because from working in entertainment and, and music, I always try to stay up on it for for marketing and stuff like that. And how can I make this a tool? But I usually wind up just falling down rabbit holes. Yeah. And I found myself one day, and it was it was like a week or two after the Dayton shooting. Um, and I was just like, I was just, I was always angry. I found myself scrolling angrily nonstop through apps and fighting with people online. And I finally just snapped and I took all the apps off my phone for about two weeks and just kind of got away from it all. And not only was I infinitely more productive, um, I was just in a better mood. Yeah. So like now I'm back on, but I really like I don't scroll anymore. I turned off notifications. I really only get on to like I, I don't do anything. I don't partake in politics anymore. Yeah. I don't comment on something unless I have something. I mean, I'm I'm kind of back to the whole. If I don't have anything nice to say. I don't say anything at all. That's it, man. Even even with politics, man. I I'm conscious of the political post I make. Not only because I'm I'm friends in acquaintances with so many different peoples from so many different perspectives. I know we have burnout of politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really try not to share too much online. I'm, I'm really an observer at this point, mm-hmm. but there is part of me that it's like, you know, I appreciate people who get into the conversation, but it just goes down this rabbit hole of name calling. And, you know, none of us really know like a lot of there, there's, Obviously, people who went to school for politics, but a lot of us are just regular people who have grown up in this society that we were happen to be born in, lucky enough to be born in, mm-hmm. um, and we were born in a space where we're kind of taking what previous generations gave us, and here we are today. And it's all been twisted. The propaganda has been twisted to make you hate 
this person or that person based on what they believe. And some of it is pretty detestable. Some of, some of the things that people stand for are pretty detestable. But if you actually have a conversation with somebody and get to the nitty gritty, like I work with a dude who is a, is an admitted communist Mm -hmm. and I've never found myself arguing conservative talking points where I was presenting because he's a dude who doesn't believe people should have to work. He thinks it's okay to hit people in the faces with bike locks. And I'm I'm like, (laughs) dude, like, do you realize (laughs) like, well, let's take, let's take your philosophy to the nth degree and see. And it always ends up, we end up, well, I don't want to talk about this anymore because we always end yeah. Because I'm the type of person that if you believe in something, man, let's let's let, let's yeah. explore this idea. Let's take it. And it ends up, because I do love, part of me loves to debate. Oh, and part, sure. And I love to kind of get to know why people believe what they believe. Mm-hmm. So we end up going down these rabbit holes where either the person gets so frustrated with me or we just the relationship gets shaky. So I really have to watch myself mm-hmm. with that stuff. But if I'm at work for eight hours a day and I'm, you know, you're wanting to talk about something and this person, like he's passionate about politics. Well, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about it. And I, I, I will go home and go, I can't believe that I'm arguing conservative talk. Oh, Cause I, <laughs> I, I lean left, but yeah. I definitely over the years, I've definitely found myself realize that, you know, I think for me, it's 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 I, I do lean left, but as I've gotten older, I realize people say we maybe you're getting more conservative. Like I think I'm getting more conservative. I think I'm just not as left. It's 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 it's, it. it's it's more of I'm just I'm more. I think as you get older, you start to middle out. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like a it's like a a, a metronome. It's like you're yeah. right, you're left, you're but eventually. You just kind of even out. That's and, true, and and because you realize, because you realize, like I said, not everything, not everything is an absolute. No, something is, you know, Les Miserables. Did he break the law? Yeah, but why did he break the law? Yeah, you know, stuff like that. That's why I didn't finish law school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you're gonna be a lawyer. You got to believe in the black and the white, and I'm, just, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm too much gray, dude. Too much gray, man. Too much gray. Fucking hell, man. I could talk to you all goddamn day. I know, dude. This is the best. We've got to have you back on here. Dude, a- anytime. And um, so for my for my listeners, for Gym City Podcast yeah. listeners, let people know where they can find your stuff. Shit. Okay. Well, if you're listening to us on the Gym City Podcast, you can check us out. Uh, you can check it. My, my website is MikeShayComedy.com. Uh, the podcast feed of The Basement Lounge is available on Anchor, Apple Podcast. If it's a podcast platform, we're available there. Um, we drop this show every Friday. We've got other shows we drop every couple of weeks or just whenever the hell. Um, we do movie reviews. There's a mental health show, um, stuff like that. Um, you can always find me on Twitter uh, at Mike Shea Comedy. This show is on Instagram at Basement Lounge Pod. Um, we are all over the place. So, and I do a lot of stuff. I do a lot. I'm, I'm, if you tweet me, I will respond within, within a couple minutes. It's I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm easy to interact with, but for you, Terry Martin, Izzy rock, the host of the gem city podcast, where can they find you? Uh, I rarely ever use Twitter for my own personal reasons anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can follow me on there at the Izzy rock. In fact, uh, most of my social medias are under the Izzy rock, but I am on Facebook under Terry Izzy Rock Martin. Um, I 
do run Gym City Podcast social media feed. So follow Gym City Podcast. Uh, and, you know, if, if you like what we're doing, let us know. Let somebody know. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of us are consumers. We consume. You rarely ever let a person know that you enjoy what they're doing. I know I'm I'm that way. Mm-hmm. But every so often, if you do appreciate what somebody's saying, reach out to them, especially a podcast. Reach out to them and say, man, I really either I didn't like what you said or I like what you said because we like feedback. We like to yeah. know that we're not just putting it out into the ether. We are talking for like it's therapy, yeah. but we also want feedback. So don't be a lazy listener. Don't let this be your dirty little secret. Let people know that you're what you enjoy. Yeah. You know, go, go on that Apple podcast app. Leave a, leave a review. Believe it or not, that, that actually helps yeah. a lot more than you might realize. It does. it does. Stuff like that. Yeah. Feedback. We, we thrive on feedback. Yep. That's why we do what we do. All right, guys. That is going to do it for this week's episode of The Basement Lounge. Special thanks to Terry Martin for coming on the show. Good to have you. We'll have you back on again sometime soon. In the meantime, guys, like I said before, go to my website, MikeShayComedy.com, for all the information there. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MikeShayComedy. And if you want to support this show on Patreon, you can do so by going to Patreon.com slash BasementLoungePod. Join the $1 tier. You get stickers. You get this show early. You get all kinds of cool stuff. Until next time, as always, guys, I'm Mike Shea telling you to live well, rock on, take care. Bye-bye.